come up for a little bit. <laughs> We're back and better than ever, though. Yeah. I have to say, I'm gl- glad that we watched it again because I liked it a lot more. Y'all won't get to hear it because the recording is lost in the ether, but... I was really distant yeah, on the we show. Were talking mad shit. But we were both, we watched it together, which we don't do because we had scheduling conflicts and we were both laughing a lot. So, yeah. I, there were some things that cemented my bad feelings from last time, but there were also some things that made it a lot more enjoyable. Actually, I so. am here to talk shit. <laughs> later, uh, though, later. I have to start with my corrections, even though it, now it's been forever, so it's hardly relevant anymore. But before, I accidentally said. That Andrew Scott and Andrew Garfield were going to be in that gay, sad movie together. But it was actually Paul Mescal, who's also hot. But I have now since seen that movie. And the reason why I confused the two in my head is because Andrew Garfield and Andrew Scott were in Angels in America together. Which is also gay art. So, my apologies. Uh, Both in your gay art (laughs) file folder in your brain. (laughs) Yeah. Andrew Garfield's been occupying a folder there for a long time. Um... Anyway, so this is episode 205, Ipsa Scientia Potestas Est. It was really bad Latin. Wait, I looked it up last time. <laughs> but you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to Google it. Beep. <laughs> oh, it means knowledge is power. I did write it down in big Just letters. Just right down there. <laughs> well, because I had, re- I had left my room. I saw space here to oh, take right. more notes, but mm. that was the only note required. <laughs> um, so it was directed by Helen Shaver, which, which I wrote with 10 exclamation points, because she has directed so many things that I love. Most recently, most recently, <laughs> most recently, <laughs> Station Eleven. Wait, but, her rain scene was so much better in this episode. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was that episode, though, but maybe it was. Um, oh, okay. She just didn't direct the, all of them. Oh, just a couple episodes. Yeah, but she directed the episodes Rosencrantz and Guildenstern weren't dead or aren't dead, and then Survival is Insufficient. Well, even if the rain was bad, it, that's on um, special effects. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can't blame <laughs> Helen for their, their mess. Plus, I think it was raining for real in this episode and not like a rain rig. Mackenzie texted me out the blue the other day to ask me if I had ever shot with fake rain on set before. And I don't think I have because it rains so much in New Orleans already. <laughs> Just <laughs> utilize the real rain. We don't need extra rain. Um, Dalton isn't talking about D&D right now. <laughs> podcast recording. Uh, not available, sorry. Um, anyway, and then it was written by Tony Elliott, who... Oh, yeah. Also, before I move on, Helen Shaver also directed some episodes of Made, which we've talked about before. She directed The O.C., Joan of Arcadia, and a million other iconic credits. She's a, a badass. Um, and it was written by Tony Elliott, like I said, who is the executive story editor for the whole show. Uh, it aired May 17th, 2014. Uh, the top movie at the time was Godzilla, the new one with my close personal friend Brian Cranston. And that's, we have a new song, which is All of Me by John Legend. You're crazy and I'm out of my mind Cause all of me loves all of you. A little, it's still overplayed. Not as bad. Yeah, but as not as bad either. as Happy. I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> We're free from its clutches. Uh, yeah, so the episode starts with uh, Daniel has been murdered. Fucking grisly ass crime scene. Yeah, Helena really did a number on that place. It was looking crazy in there. <laughs> yeah, like a. In uh, Criminal Minds lingo, it would be um, high degree of overkill, that's oh, what they say. okay. I've been re into my crime shows as of late. 
partly in due to my Andrew Scott obsession, I was watching old episodes of Sherlock, and now I've moved on to Luther. Is Luther a crime show, technically? Yeah, he's a cop. What? <laughs> I think you'd probably like it to show, actually. It's uh, Idris Elba plays a cop, and but he's kind, he's like questionable. A-cab mm-hmm. vibes, for sure. Okay. But for the greater good. But in the first episode, they investigate this murder uh, with this woman who killed her parents. But then he and this killer kind of develop a repartee. Mm-hmm. And... He, he, she can't prove that, he can't prove that she killed her parent, but he knows, but then she's, like, kind of obsessed with him, too, so, they have, like, a thing. I also watched Zodiac recently, so, I've really been on, like, a, a killer <laughs> vibe. I'm loyal to my SVU. <laughs> I know. I can't handle all the sex crimes, though. I would prefer to watch a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, more approachable. <laughs> anyway... We see Rachel show. Let's talk about the show that we're actually supposed to be talking <laughs> okay, about. Yes. Uh, we see Rachel showing a little bit of tenderness to Daniel's corpse. She like closes his eyes for him, but uh, basically she's pissed now about Sarah and says that she's only just begun. I don't, I noticed Paul was like really like quick to defend Sarah in this scene, and this is a qualm that I'm having with the show is that. You don't understand people's motives, but not in a good way. Like, I feel like the writers aren't setting it up in a way where you're like, oh, what's his motive? Like, we don't really know. It's just like, I'm genuinely confused, but not intrigued. Yeah. So he was like, he was like, this isn't Sarah. This couldn't be Sarah. It's definitely Helena. But then the rest of his behavior throughout the episode seems like he has no allegiance to Sarah whatsoever. So it's just like, where's your heart at? Showing his ass in this episode. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, they're having a hard time juggling all these characters right now, and it a lot of their, like, actions don't really make sense, or, like, it's hard to see. Like, it's, like, what you, like it would be different if it was, like, for a purpose, like, oh, we're, we're not sure what Paul's doing, because he's playing both sides. But it seems like he just, he doesn't know what he thinks. Yeah. I yeah. definitely think that's the case. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. Um, and it just makes for some very confusing actions in this episode, which we'll get to later. Yeah. So, and then we get Sarah, who's back at Felix's halfway house for clones. Um, Felix is giving his Felix exposition. Right. I mean, you shot your evil twin sister dead, only to have her arise and gut Rachel's henchmen. How could I capture the new ones? Yeah, believe me, you couldn't. And then also... We get a cute moment with Sarah and Helena where she's calling her meatball head. Right? <laughs> no, just, just meathead. Oh, no ball included. <laughs> I told you before, but it's because of Sailor Moon. <laughs> that's why I always think that's what it is. We, you have to watch Sailor Moon so I can learn what Sailor Scout you are. Okay. Um, can I just take a quiz? <laughs> Do I no. have to watch the show? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure I've got a Ukrainian folk costume in here somewhere. Hey, 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 hey. You treat him with respect. You got it? That's my brother, which means he's one of our sisters. Family. You get it, Meathead? Do not call me this. Do you understand, Helena? He is Sestra. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I really like I like the blooming dynamic between Felix and Helena here, um, and then also between Sarah and Helena. I like that they're getting back into their like 
bickering sisters routine. It seems like they're kind of back to normal mm-hmm. post fake out death, whatever post the hell. Sarah we're trying on. to kill her. <laughs> yeah, we're past that. You need a head for attempted murder. Yeah, I like when um when Helena like hisses at Felix. <laughs> He's like, oh god, oh and I we, I noticed in the scene that Felix is wearing a tarot card shirt. We spent about five minutes trying to figure out what tarot card it was before we just looked it up, but it's the lovers. Are the lovers Sarah and Helena parallels? <laughs> um, I think it's clearly him and Colin for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Later shows us. Um, then we have a scene of Cal dadding it up, but he pulls out. We see that even though he's trying to distract Kira, he's got like paperwork and like guns and a bunch of cash. So clearly he's got something going on that we don't really know about for him Mm -hmm. to be so prepared. Which makes sense given that he was with Sarah when she was in her like bad girl phase. So I guess they're just... But I think he wasn't supposed to know that she was in her bad because he was her mark, right? Oh, well... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. Mm, I guess we'll see. Well, he's supposed to be like a programmer, right? Or for bees? <laughs> is this the same man? <laughs> yeah, it is. Not for bees, but he he designed a drone, like a drone that was supposed to pollinate to help the bee population. Oh, okay. Which was <laughs> for the bees. He works for the bees. <laughs> but, um, but then remember the government bought up the contract to mm. use it to kill people. Yikes. Interesting parallel to Paul that I'm not realizing. But just like mm, secret government military involvement. Well, Sarah couldn't find herself with like a nice man from no, down the street. Of course not. <laughs> She's got somebody with a little bit of edge. Um, then we're back with Rachel and Paul and Leaky. Leaky is pretty, um, he's like really giving Paul some attitude about the situation with Rachel. But then later he's like, she needs full-time security. So it's like, what, what, what's your POV, Leaky? Like, yes. You think Paul's overstepping his boundaries, or you want him to be overstepping boundaries? Yes. Another example of motivations. <laughs> exactly. Unclear. And I think I think it's because, I don't know, they kind of want to pivot and make Leaky a good guy. I think that's why Rachel makes this comment later, that he gets too close to his subjects, mm-hmm. and they're really trying to make Rachel the main villain. But yes. they've set up other possible villains, that, so now they're having to, like, close those doors so yeah, open the door for Paul to be in cahoots with Rachel. I don't know. Well, I think Leaky, we're supposed to take from this that he's just like a company man. Mm-hmm. So even though he doesn't always agree with whatever, well, because he even tells Rachel that her, if she wasn't for her heavy handed tactics, they wouldn't be in this mess. So I think we're supposed to glean that he, he's about the science mm-hmm. and not necessarily about the villainous aspects. Right. But. Rachel is and he doesn't always have like too much choice but they haven't really like I don't know I don't trust him like they haven't yeah, done no. enough work mm-hmm. for me to feel like oh he is a good guy just because he wants to give Cosima this medicine also it could be selfish motivations too because she's got a really good like science brain yeah he doesn't want to lose that mm-hmm. to illness. well that's always been his angle yeah is to recruit her for science so yeah this is just another reason too um, save her. Yeah, and Rachel is leveraging Kasima's life to get her way, basically by saying, until Sarah comes to heal, we're not going to give Kasima this stem cell treatment that could cure her. And then it, this is like, a, with Paul being back and forth, like, he kind of shows some balls in the scene when he's like, are you asking me or like telling or reminding me I have no choice? 
But then he just goes along with everything later. So right. it's like that once yeah, it's like what? Some bullshit. Um then we hear with Delphine who discovered, quote unquote, some stem cell cultures that were meant for leaky. These are the cultures that would help her with her medication. Um whatever <laughs> yeah i mean once again another character i don't is delphine really on Cosima's side and i feel like the show is is doing it on purpose like we do want these like characters that are conflicted drawn yeah. between their morals and their relationships to the subject i think that's the theme of the show but i just think they're not doing it well yeah yeah i agree it's too opaque mm-hmm. um we get the clip of <laughs> Kira <laughs> Kira talking with Sarah via Zoom. She's not really here for Sarah's shenanigans. And then she calls Cal Daddy. Twice or yeah. three times, I guess. Because she does it on camera and then two times before. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> monkey anymore. You're not? I'm a leopard. Cool. Yeah, wow, I like the jacket too. You can talk to Daddy now. Hey, mo- monkey. Kira. Daddy. Sorry about that. I keep telling her it's Cal, but she daddied me twice this morning. She can call you what she wants. But yeah, so clearly the dynamic is strained with her and, and Kira. Uh, all is not well in, a, in paradise for those two. <laughs> yeah. Which I can't blame Kira if your mom just like left you with this rando, even if he is your dad. I never liked having to go stay with my dad. Although he wasn't as hot or as, uh, <laughs> as, as, as kind as, uh, as Cal is. Did he ever get you a cool leopard snow hat? No. Yeah. <laughs> One time I, he forced me to eat Taco Bell and then I puked in the car. So he had me, had to buy me a new jacket. So <laughs> that's the closest. Okay. Wow. What a memory. <laughs> I have a lot of memories like that, but we can move on. <laughs> um, Felix delivers Helena to Art. And she looks cute in her, like, helmet on the back of his scooter. Um, and then she makes her little pig oinking noise. <laughs> we were perplexed by that. <laughs> um, okay, and so then we're back at the Prolethean farm where Grace has been locked in the chokey. And she sewed her mouth shut. After Wait, she's locked in the what? The chokey, like from Matilda. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> you know Matilda, right? <laughs> I don't remember chokey. That's what they when they when what's the princess name? Trunchbull. When the kids are bad, she locks them in the chokey. Yeah. Or she makes them eat a full cake. I like how you just slipped that in there and because... expected me not to question it. <laughs> um, well, I said it last time that we recorded, but I don't know what else you would call that like little room. A cell? Like a cell, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, sorry, you're not so as Matilda coded as me. Yeah. Um, not as okay, but well, this when we just watched, I was wondering, how did she get like a needle and thread? They just happened to be in that weird room with her. Like she brought that with her when she got trapped in that cell to like sew her lip shut. I thought she did that herself. Oh, but maybe they did it to her. Yeah. Oh, I really thought that she was like fuck these guys. <laughs> No, I I think (laughs) they did it to her as a form of punishment. Hmm. But I get what you're saying now. I think you. She's like, I don't want to talk. Yeah, she does that to herself. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I thought they were like, if well, if 
you're not going to speak then. Well, no, because when she goes in there, her it's like the back is to her. And then the reveal when they turn around is that she like her lips are so shut. And then the mom is like, well, she can rot. And I thought that was a response to the fact that she showed her sewed her own lips shut. Well, I thought I <laughs> my perception was that he was like, are you ready to talk now? And she turns around, but she makes no indication that she wants to talk. That she wants them to take off the stitches so she can talk. So that's why she's like, hmm. she can rot. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we need to get the writers up on the phone. Hello. <laughs> I, thought, I mean, I guess it would make more sense if if they showed her lip shut. But, um, I think I said last time, though, I really liked this horror pivot. Mm, We're yeah. really getting into a lot more horror again, which I like. Um so I, I was genuinely freaked out, and I was freaked out the second time, too, even though I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So they really set the mood. Yeah, and she's been locked her in, in there for 12 hours, too. Yeah. And it, it was just, like, a good jump scare in that, like, you knew that the cult was bad, but you didn't think it was like this. Yeah. And so this is, again, why I thought that they did it to her, because I thought it was proving that yeah. they're just, like, really, like, violent and... Yeah, I'm gonna have to go and look at the recaps and see yeah. what they think. Um, yeah, I agree that it, it's definitely like, and also we talked a little bit about this the last episode, but it's clear her dad is definitely a lot more um, easygoing than her mom, yeah. who seems like the main instigator. Talking about how if she's like stuck to the old ways, like this is what's gonna happen to her. I know, which is so strange, and I guess we'll get to know her more. But I was like, this feels like it's kind of out of nowhere. I feel like sometimes, like, like in Mormonism, too, well, I don't know, this is, I'm, I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> it's literally just from watching TV, but, like, the first wife is the one who's, like, the most traditional and is very uh, strict. Uh, Rachel is is watching her home videos and kind of, like, clarifying the hierarchy of things with Paul. I've known Leaky my entire life. When my adoptive parents died, he became something of a guardian to me. But now, my position in the corporation essentially outranks his dyad directorship. He can become too attached to his subjects, myself included. Sometimes he can't make the hard choices. And then I like I wrote this question down like why is she such a cold bitch because like we see that her parents were like affectionate with her mm-hmm. and it's not like Kasima's theory that she was you know raised in like a septic environment with just like you know very um, unloving and cold and medical so we don't really understand like why she well I guess if your parents die when you're young but then no because like I mean Sarah was a foster kid. So, yeah, I assume that maybe she got jaded after um, the death of her parents and that she like maybe blames the other clones because they cared about all the clones and not just Rachel. That's my theory for why she is the way that she is. Why are you the way that you are? (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. And then we get an update to Kira's age. They say that she's eight. Which I don't think we knew before, and I think, in fact, is a little bit older than yeah. she was originally introduced. Um, Dyad knows about Cal, um, and Paul's all over the shit. Um, 
Then we're back with Helena and Art. Helena is completely disengaged from this interrogation. She's watching the fish um, until Art tempts her with a grilled cheese, which I really relate to her food obsession. <laughs> we did poke fun at how Art stores his oh. cheese, though. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, the slices in, like, a Tupperware. <laughs> You're telling me you unwrapped your craft singles and put them in a Tupperware? <laughs> That's some set deck shit. So funny. Oh, I remember us talking about this last time, though. I felt like we were getting information that felt new to me about Maggie Chin, but that it felt like the writers were acting like we should have already known that she was the one who helped Elena. I just didn't realize there's such strong connection, and I was asking you if that had been revealed before, and I well, they definitely said that she was like their spotter. But I don't think we knew how closely connected the two of them were. Okay. Like, I thought it was more of a, like, professional situation. Not, like, Helena, like, literally living in her storage yeah. facility. Mm-hmm. But they still don't really, like... I don't know. Maggie Chen is a character that needs more developing, for sure. Because it's like, okay, so she obviously had the function within the story to, like, be finding the cults for the clones. But, like, we still don't really know much about this cult to begin with like how she get involved like what her job was that she had access to yeah. find these clones and stuff like right and bringing beth back in it's like yeah. okay well so beth must have known yeah uh, and so that's why she killed her i think i made that connection when i watched it and i was like i feel like this should have been a bigger reveal like we yeah. know Beth's motivation for killing her i don't yeah. know um yeah definitely like I think that the writers are desperately trying to pull the threads together <laughs> mm-hmm. and keep the plates all spinning to uh, varying degrees of success. Um, the next scene is uh, Mark comforting Grace. He kisses her on her sewn shut lips. I hated this. Did we talk about what we think their age difference is? Oh, I don't know. Well, no, but we did talk about that. We don't know how old she is. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I think he's grown like yeah like in his 20s maybe yeah well i uh, like 18 19 20 i older than that you think older than that yeah okay i don't know i feel like he has a baby face so he does have a baby face and i felt like she is like we we knew she's of childbearing age which could mean 15 or or something it's true but she seems like she's into it what after really well, didn't she have, like, a little smile on her face after... I couldn't tell. Her lips were so <laughs> much <laughs> No, she did that. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down she looks surprised by the kiss, so I guess it could have been a good surprise. Well, but he does tell her, like, I don't care what you did. It doesn't matter to me. And maybe that's what yeah, she was, like, pleased right. about. But I said, get you a man who'll kiss your son, shut up, and bring you, like, a bottle of milk. Why can't you just bring oh, you some yeah. water? I said, I said this last time, too. Do, do we think it's fresh farm milk? I'm, Did he go I'm milk sure that cow? Artificially inseminated cow? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, we, the piece of information that we do get from Helena is she says, Swan Man played God. Takes us back to Lita and the Swan. And then... We learned about Maggie Chen's locker from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the next scene was Felix preparing for his date with Colin. My favorite scene in the show so many thoughts far. about this. I just thought it was so fun. I thought it was a good tension break with how much tension we had in the episode. I liked the song. Um, 
And it was just good to see Felix, like, not burdened by all the clones. Like, man does need Living a night in with life. his boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you say last time that while you were watching, Dawson came in and he had, like, a big smile? Yes, <laughs> he was like, what's going on? I was smiling so big because it was just <laughs> such a fun scene and I was happy to see Felix having a good time. We both um, laughed about the amount of lube <laughs> they were getting ready to use. They had big plans yeah. and ruined by and then Felix had the great line about Rachel got the corrupt arm of the law in her clutch purse. <laughs> um, but so anyway, then we moved from this really fun, exciting scene to this fucking traumatic ass scene with Paul where he basically, we don't know what he's going to do, but it's definitely like assault vibes. Like he gets Felix pinned onto the couch, like a very aggressive way. I don't think it was necessary. Like if it's just to get the fingerprints, like mm-hmm, he could have yeah. literally done it any other way. But he wanted to make him feel threatened. I think that it was definitely like a power move for yeah. sure. And I talked about this last time too, the staging in this scene. Because right before like Felix was on his back and open and happy to have, um, what's his? Colin. Colin on top of him. And then it's flipped and he's on his stomach. And uh, I just thought it was an interesting parallel to show like, when you want to be controlled versus when somebody's controlling you and you don't want to be. Yeah, it was a really awful scene and almost ruined the perfect getting dressed montage because of how bad it was. But last episode, I was saying I was ready for Paul to be back and he can leave again. You're not welcome here, (laughs) sir. You've burned all bridges with me. Seriously, the scene was so traumatic. I hated it. Yeah, really bad. I don't know. from, From a, like a, writer standpoint do you think it was necessary to to make it so intense well it depends on i i it depends on what they're trying to do with paul which isn't very clear Mm -hmm. like if they want to if they want to like end up putting him on a redemption arc i feel like this scene does not help that but if they're trying to make him go full villain then yeah i guess that would be Mm -hmm. what you would need to do I think that's what makes it extra eerie is that it feels so out of left field. Yeah. Because it's like, where is this coming from? Well, and he literally was, like, staying there in Felix's apartment. Just, like, so disrespectful. Like, you don't need to do all that. Mm -hmm. And Sarah calls him a gutless bastard, which he is. But we were laughing, too, about how many times. What? What? (laughs) I have a murder weapon with Felix's prints on it. What? And a detective waiting in the hallway to find it. Then they'll find the gun was used to kill Officer Tom Bowman at your friend Cal's place. Felix will be charged with murder unless Rachel gets what she wants. So your little trip to Taiwan really paid off. How many clone notches in your belt now, eh, Paul? Three? <laughs> I have gonna I don't think I'd clip that out, but I I will if I didn't. <laughs> um, and then Helena escapes, of course, at Art's house. He she uses the tab from the sardine can or whatever to get out of her handcuffs and then locks them up something that i didn't notice on the first watch but i noticed the second time is how much i love that they're referencing back to the very first episode because it mm-hmm. was making me think when we watched this first episode and we have the cootie catcher and we have the dolls and we're like who could be doing this and <laughs> do you really call it a cootie catcher <laughs> what do you call it <laughs> like a fortune teller <laughs> it's a cootie catcher anyways okay, sorry, I'm making a potent point <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> um but 
just like we didn't know who that was and we found out that it was Helena later, but it like hits different now. You're like, oh yeah, like all that was Helena from the first episode. I loved how much they were pulling that back in. And I really noticed it that time. It also reminded me about how the hell did I not know Katya was a clone? <laughs> yeah, I don't like know. Like the way I watched that whole episode now, just like this is some random Russian lady somehow Sarah pretended to be oh, her. She's German. <laughs> German. <laughs> they literally call her the German. <laughs> <laughs> they call her the Russian mom. <laughs> Uh, you definitely weren't paying attention. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're totally right. And I mean, Helena is like fully back into her like serial killer antics. Like she's got the, the cootie catcher and then we see like her weird drawings and like when we'll talk about it more later, but the scene where she goes and gets the cuts the Barbie dolls head mm-hmm. off and she's giving it a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps going, so much money. So much money. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I just I just love the attention to details to back to that because, yeah. like I said, I obviously didn't pay enough attention. <laughs> I thought I paid. I, it's because I was busy taking so many notes. <laughs> that was my problem. Now you need me to do all the <laughs> note taking. Um, so then we're back on the Prolethean farm. They finally get Grace out of there, and she talks about how attacking Helena for her was equivalent to killing a coyote. I was protecting us, not taking a real life, like like killing a coyote that wants to eat our chickens. I'm so sorry, Father. Just, uh, you help us get her back and all will be forgiven. And if you don't, then you will carry the child yourself. Like protecting her family essentially mm-hmm. um and the, her, they like yank those stitches out which is so gross like awful horror um and then leaky catches Cosima and delphine sneaking into his office and then that's when we get the like turn of him being good i guess i'm gonna tell you something that only a handful of people know 20 years ago there was a fire in one of our labs Several scientists died. Reams of data lost. And the original genome was destroyed. So all of this secrecy around the original genome is because it doesn't exist? Yes. The entire project is essentially an orphan. We lost your prehistory, Cosima. And with it, all record of several synthetic sequences embedded in your DNA. What kind of synthetic sequences? Sequences that make you possible. But we also find out <laughs> that the original genome was destroyed, which is like the whole thing. Like, yeah. that's why these clones are so important. And then he says, like, the project is an orphan. The synthetic sequences in their DNA that made the cloning possible are, like, lost now. So they can't repeat their experiment unless they figure out, like, what's different between the clones and all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't really understand what that big reveal meant. You had to explain it to me last time. I'm still not quite sure I understand. Ba- basically, these clones are the only clones they can't 
redo the experiment. Yeah, and not only are they the only clones, but the, like, research that led to them is destroyed. Okay. Like, they don't have any... They can't, like, recreate... Because I think that... Isn't that the whole point of science? <laughs> That's a stupid question. Isn't that the whole point of science? <laughs> but it's, like, being able to recreate your experiment yes. and getting the same results. Like, mm-hmm. they don't even have what they, they need can't to, do like, that. do that. Yeah. Um, but Kasima... I mean, Leaky says he's gonna treat Kasima anyway. Um, Our hero. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Uh, then we're back in the RV with Cal and Kira. She's drawing a picture of her aunties. Uh, we get our creepy Kira. <laughs> Someone's coming. What, and what I noticed this time is Cal goes, you're right, before he knows that somebody's really there either. And so I, I really like that connection because it's like, maybe Kira's just creepy from her dad. <laughs> well, I think you can hear the, you can hear the footsteps. Oh. That's why. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm keeping my theory. <laughs> Cal is a little superstitious too. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, she creates a diversion when this police officer comes to interrogate Cal. I said she's been watching her mama. She knows exactly how to to trick people, con people already. And we don't trust the cops. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then we're in the so yeah, like we said, we get Helena, Helena, Helena serial killer part two. You said that it was a cool shot when they like she's like silhouetted and she lifts up that uh garage door to get mm-hmm. into the storage unit yeah her shadow looked really creepy i loved it when sarah and art go to find her and sarah goes don't jump out and scare us with an axe or something <laughs> helena don't jump out and scare us with an axe or some shit yeah and then we like we talked about it. it's really sad that she camped out in this storage locker like what kind of life was she living yeah um but they find out through searching the locker that Rachel's dad's still alive. Um, and Sarah's going to try to trade this info for Felix. But then while they're there, they realize that the sniper rifle is missing. Why can't I talk today? The sniper rifle is missing. Um, and Helene is on the hunt. So- uh, I want to bring up this point that I'm just now thinking about that, like, Helena's like reliving a lot of her trauma right now and that's probably definitely why she's like regressing back to her serial killer tendencies because like Art was asking all these questions and she's like yeah the nuns put me in darkness in the basement and then she went back to this storage unit where she was sleeping alone well and even in the show we get her flashing back to what happened at the Prolethean farm too so she's definitely like in her trauma Mm -hmm. you're totally right that it's like makes sense that she would be reverting Yes. Um, and then she's in her stiper's nest, like I said, cutting the dolls <laughs> A little more off the back of Lena. What we learned is it's hard to cut a fuck-ass bob on a Barbie doll. <laughs> she's having a hard time. But and she puts she puts her red lipstick on to the doll and also herself. Um, and so then there's a really touching scene with Helena and Sarah where Helena's like, you just want to use me. But Sarah talks about how she didn't get to, like, grieve her properly. And, like, she couldn't really talk about what she had lost when she killed her. <laughs> All that mm-hmm. stuff. Helena, listen to me. There's another way. We can make a deal for Felix, but I need your help. Only you can help me find Swan Man. You only want to use me. true you saved my life you're my 
sister. And I know I thought, I thought I killed you. I couldn't tell anybody what I lost. You came back. Um, at the end, Helena's like, you make me cry, Sestra. And she says, come on, meathead. It's a cute bit of communist. Cute. I loved um, it. And I love them walking away together. Yeah, arm in arm. So then we're back into Kasima and Leaky. Wait, we're not going to talk about Rachel and Paul's <laughs> sex scene oh. that's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even care about that. <laughs> it grossed me out. So <laughs> It's just so, I just want to talk about it because yeah, one, yeah. it's revealing a lot about Rachel. She's domineering and she has this control thing, but also once again, confusing me. About Paul. Do you, so do you think they had sex in Taiwan or is this the first time they're having sex? Well, at first I did think that they had sex in Taiwan, but now I think it's the first time because, I don't know, just like the way she's like ordering him around and mm-hmm. he doesn't really know his like footing and stuff. And when she, when he's like, did, what's his, what's the dead guy's name? Derek? Derek? <laughs> Daniel? Derek. Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> he's like, did Daniel like this? And she's like, did Sarah? But I'm like, what does that mean? You're the one doing stuff to him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she trying to find out if Sarah's a dom also. <laughs> um, and, but that goes to say that she waited until he was officially her monitor yeah. to sleep with him. And, and I think that says something. And I wonder if it's tied into this, like, psychodynamic of, like, control and being close to the people. Loving the people who are also seeing as a science experiment. Well, yeah. We, I think we did talk about this in our last episode. But it's, like, weird that all the... <laughs> monitors are like sexually involved mm-hmm. with the the clones yeah. and it's like uh well I, oh we did talk well i'm kind of remembering one of the realizations we came to last time was like oh we're like why like it explains with the with the fire we were like oh they probably didn't start monitoring them until this fire mm-hmm, uh, and right. then they went through and, and we still don't know everything but like it makes more sense that they didn't have like a system in place before it became more important for them to like keep eyes on the clones after all the like data was destroyed and stuff yes um, oh yeah but anyway so yeah so sarah or well helena is trying to she she's protective of sarah being like paul is unfaithful but sarah's like i don't want to like i got a daddy she's like, I got in an rv <laughs> she said i already upgraded my dick game so we're good <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know, yeah. But also, like, we were saying, I don't know, I don't, I really don't like watching Rachel. I don't know if it's because, like, she's supposed to be, like, the villain, but I don't know. The season with her just, like, made me kind of uncomfortable, like, something with the performance or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the only one where I'm, like, mm, I don't know if this is really working. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, weird sexual energy, it's more, like, erotic shots of, like, syringes and stuff with Kasima mm-hmm. and Delphi. And I'm like, this is not sexy to me. Like, and also Leaky is there. Yes, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like, I, they keep trying to make the sexy doctoring happen, but it is not sexy to me. Stop trying to make sexy doctoring happen. <laughs> exactly. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, so then Kasima says that they clones have a plan. So Leaky goes to meet uh, Sarah at the bar and spills the beans about Kasima being sick. And he's, like, satisfied that the clones don't know everything about each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Also um, that Rachel's dad could be alive. Did yeah, we well, yeah. that? Well, the, that's what they found out at the, 
the storage okay, locker. Lisa, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that's the information that Sarah's going to try to trade to save Felix. And that's how she convinces Helena not to kill um, Rachel as well. And, but so then Sarah says, if anybody follows us, I'm going to sick Helena on all of you. Um, which I feel like is a good threat. But then Paul followed Leaky, fucking of course. Uh, so he knows what Sarah's doing too. Uh, anyway, but the last episode, the last scene of the episode is Sarah and Helena getting ready to go on this road trip. They say that they're going to go to Cold River, which is a place of screams. Beep. But setting us up for some clone shenanigans. No Alice in this episode. She's drying out in rehab. I miss her. <laughs> miss her. More oh. Alice and less Rachel. I'm way more excited to watch the next episode now. Last time I <laughs> I was like, mm, I'm not dying to watch episode six, but I'm ready now. So I think we're just in a lot better mood this time <laughs> around. But <laughs> the lost episode, y'all never know. We did, we were, we were dragging the show. <laughs> we were really in a now mood. Um, I feel like we're missing like some point that we talked about with... Um, Oh, because I think you were confused about Helena's motivations. Yeah. But I, I guess now that we've seen it. But because that, that part where um, Grace talks about how she was, like, protecting the farm from coyotes, I feel like Helena thinks the same way with her, like, attack on Rachel. It's mm-hmm. like, she's like, it would be much more efficient if I just kill Rachel. And then none of us have to worry about this stuff. But then, obviously, Brother Sestra comes into play. Yes. So she can't do it. Uh, something else we talked about is uh, just attachment in general and, like, the bonds mm-hmm. that are being created and the bonds that are being weakened. Like, um, because in the last episode, Sarah and Felix got into that big fight, but they're, like, back to their kind of normal dynamic this episode. So, But we see the connection between Sarah and Kira kind of fading, but mm-hmm. between Kira and her dad growing. So I just like uh, a lot of attachment going on. And then parental figures, too, because we see Rachel looking at the home video of her parents. But I was just going to, I didn't think about this till just now when you're talking about this. Because one of the things we complained about in the last episode is how, like, Cosima's really selfish and doesn't really have much, like, empathy or conversation with the other clones. And we don't even see her speak to them in this episode. No. We just, at the end, us, like, I guess they've spoken off screen about mm-hmm. this plan with Leaky, but she's just like, here's the plan. But, like, I don't know, I don't know why they are, I feel like that's a misstep. Because mm-hmm. she's really isolated from this, the main storyline already. Well, I mean, I guess not the main storyline because she's tied into the, like, but I guess <laughs> the emotional storyline. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, as we've discussed, the relationship with Delphine is not doing it so it's like she yeah. needed to integrate her better into the sister mm-hmm. drama i think yeah oh i remember making this point last time that it, it makes more and more sense that they created the delphine character for mm-hmm. that actress like you told me because she just they're really like just shoving in shoving her in as a puzzle piece sometimes that does not fit yeah um, I related to Helena and her food obsession, <laughs> but you didn't relate to I said not, but this time I relate to Sarah and how protective she is over Felix. Oh, yeah, he her gets siblings. In trouble. Yeah, so. Makes sense. Much better mood this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's it. We won't leave you guys for a month because of parades. <laughs> Although, I don't know, I'm back to working on set. I don't know how, <laughs> how we'll my schedule's going to be. This might be the last you guys ever hear from us. Too busy making TV to talk about TV. Uh, the curse. Happy birthday.
I'm not this way too. for listening and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.